shouting like a madman, looked like Mr. Clean. The next thing he said was, Slime in the ice machine. I said, Slime in the ice machine. He said, Slime in the ice machine. He said, Filthy utensils and roaches on the floor, small food in the freezer, mouse droppings by the door, and Slime in the ice machine. Slime in the ice machine. He said, Slime in the ice machine. Hey everybody, it's December 21st, 2021, and this week the H stands for heater, because it's finally cold where I'm at, and you might hear the heater go off in the background. So anyway, let's see. Uh, well, the lockout for baseball is still in effect, and I had completely forgot to reference, or to, to uh, plug them last time, but if you're looking for something good to cover the baseball lockout in much better detail than I ever could, go check out the Baseball Together podcast. Uh... I might be biased because I've been on their show a couple times and they've been on NRQ, but uh, they're a ba- they're like a show dedicated to baseball and they're going to do a better job telling you what's going on with the lockout than I ever could hope to because you know I'm kind of Houston Astros centric. And since our last recording, pretty much the last thing of note involving the Astros uh, is that they re-signed Justin Verlander, who hasn't pitched since I couldn't even believe it, 2019. Uh, COVID really kind of threw put everything in a time warp. Uh, Two-year, $50 million deal. I'd have been happy with one year because I've kind of seen... I kind of thought this previous season was going to be the last hurrah, but they've retained a lot of like important parts, brought Dusty Baker back. They got a lot of young talent. So I was kind of more enthusiastic, like, hey, uh, they can make another push. And having Verlander around for another year, two years, really, I, I personally would have just signed him for $125 million year or $125 million deal. Use that twenty-five million to get somebody else for the for the rotation, but I'm not the GM. Also, I my household has got a head chest cold that if you remember back in like October when we were pretty sure it was COVID, might have been the flu in retrospect, but we got really sick. I got Bob sick, I got John sick, uh, and it just keeps coming back. And so I've got I'm really stuffed up. <laughs> so I do apologize for that. Uh, thankfully, I visually look all right. Uh, for those of you watching on the YouTube channel. So anyway, uh, yeah, with the lockout, make sure you go check out Baseball Together because uh, they're going to do a better job than I ever could. Uh, oh, and one thing I did think, one thing I, I I guess I didn't know that if the deal was like, with the Verlander deal was like 99% done and it just needed Major League Baseball to sign off on it and they're the ones who didn't, in Major League Baseball didn't do their part by the deadline, so that's why they could finish it after the deadline, something like that. Because I was curious how that worked. But anyway, uh, let's see. The Rockets. Now, the Rockets' hot streak is done. They're 5-5 five and five for the last 10, which is kind of part of the course of what we were I mean, better, actually, because that's 500. Uh, I've heard them called the December Rockets, which is fair. Um, and, you know, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about December basketball here at the end of the podcast or at the end of the episode when we discuss uh, some COVID stuff. But mm, that's good stuff. Anyway, uh, they lost to the Bulls the other night, which is fine because the Bulls are hot, and I love seeing Jason Caruso just out there being the next Michael Jordan. Like, I've literally seen people make, like, memes of, like, Michael Jordan handing a crowd to Jason Caruso. I love, I just, I love everything about him. Uh, and he's local, too. He's he, he, he went to school at A&M. I can't remember where he's from, but I think he's from around here, too. Uh, but, yeah, he's leading the, the Bulls to some good things if COVID doesn't. Uh, ruin their their season. Which speaking of the season being ruined, when you kind of read the tea leaves, oh, excuse me, I should snort in the microphone. When you're reading the tea leaves, it's looking like the the rocket season's probably not 
we're probably not going to be a contender for the play, and it seems like that little hot streak might have just been a fluke, possibly taking advantage of all the COVID, the the, the missing spots on rosters from COVID. I don't know. But uh looks like it's just part of the rest of our shitty, boring rebuilding season. But, uh, oh, you know, the other day the coach went down with dehydration. You know, that's how, that's like how against the wall we are. Even the coach is out here sweating, which he's fine now. He was, I don't think it was like, I don't think he was dehydrated from like excessive worry about how bad his team is doing. He probably just, I mean, he might've been hung over for all we know, but anyway, he's fine. The Texans. Now what's funny is I moved the, the whole like first seven months I did this show. I dropped on like Fridays and that was going great. And then the football season started, and because of the Texans, I felt obligated to start releasing on, like, Sunday nights or Monday mornings. And that just made things much, much harder on my, my life. So now we are officially back to dropping at the end of the week. Uh, once the holidays are over, we're going to start dropping on Fridays again. Because the tech, it's, it's a waste of time to even talk about the Texans. What is there to talk about? The only thing that was noteworthy of this previous game with the Jags had nothing to do with the Texans. The only people who were even interested in it was because of the Urban Meyer thing. Because Urban Meyer... Uh, is a is a tested a testament to the arrogance of man, you know, out there saying like, my staff is full of losers, and it's like, well, you put the staff together, you put together a staff of losers, and then as soon as I heard he, as soon as I heard that, I thought there's no way he's coming back after the end of the season, and then like two days later he was fired. So that was the only thing anybody gave a shit about. The only other noteworthy thing in the game was that it was pouring rain, and it showed that they have like a swimming pool in the Jaguar Stadium, and there was a bunch of kids still swimming in it while it was raining, and I thought, that's probably dangerous, right? Like, aren't you supposed to get out of the pool when it's storming like that? I mean, maybe if there's no lightning... But uh, anyway, this is how stupid, this is how pointless the game was. These are the observations I'm making. The only other thing is that the uh, Texans got their first kickoff return, a 98-yard kickoff return from Trimmon, like Lemon. Is it Trimmon or Trimmon? Either way, Trimmon Smith, 98-yard kickoff return. That was the first time the Texans got a kickoff return for a touchdown since October 4th, 2009. If you can believe that, over 12 years. Hold on, I've got a cat at the door, and I really don't want to let them in because I don't feel like going. Because if I don't have to put the little jingle edit for the stupid cat stuff, it takes no time. I don't even have to edit anything. I can just upload the video. But no, so good, they're they're gone. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, with the Texans, there's really just nothing to talk about. It's a fucking garbage fire. I saw a thing, you know, about Watt saying he doesn't even recognize the team. It's not even the same team anymore. That there's, like, You know, they say, oh, you can never go home, that kind of thing. Like, uh, he said it's like the team is just totally different. It's just uh, it's just sad, you know, when you're playing. <laughs> they, they called the Jags like the most worthless, like the most pointless game ever played was the Texas Jags on Sunday. Uh, it's some good news, though. We kind of lost tra- we, we lost track of our friend Roy Lopez, the most evil player on the Houston Texans, which that's a whole long tangent that had nothing to do with Roy, Le- Lo- Roy Lopez actually being an evil person. It just had to do with the fact that we had six. We had three six-round draft picks, 666. So I was going to follow them as like the, and I was calling them the axis of evil. 
And then we ended up trading two of the other picks and had only the one and got Roy Lopez. So I said all the evil concentrated on him. It didn't make any sense. That was like when the free, that was like the fun stuff before the season started. We, you know, haha, look at what we're doing. You know, we're being goofy. Then the despair starts. But anyway, I wanted to check up on him. He has actually twelve solo tackles, and one sack. I don't know where that puts him on par with all the other defensive linemen. I should look that up. Uh, I'm not going to try and message him to, to, to do the show because he doesn't want to talk about this season. He probably wants to forget this season, even though it was his first one. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we are still going to talk about the Texans. But, you know, now that we're at the point where it doesn't even matter, they're not going to make the they're not going to make the playoffs. They, they might not even get the number one pick because the Jaguars suck so bad. So anyway, UT football. On NRQ last week or two weeks ago, we talked briefly about how much I love the Pancake Factory. I love it. It's essentially taking advantage of the NIL. It's not taking advantage. It's just utilizing the NIL rules, the name and image likeness rules, to essentially you look strategically at the you know at the board of all the positions and you think if you could just dump money into one kind of position what would it be and it's like the offensive line because the quarterback you're dumping all that money you're putting you're literally all your eggs in one basket but with the lineman you're kind of spreading it out so you're not putting everything on one guy and now every good offensive lineman in the country especially in the south especially in texas is looking to be like shit i can go play for for ut be there when ut's starting their sec journey and I can get a hundred thousand dollars, or one hundred fifty thousand, or even fifty thousand dollars. You know, it's 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 an amazing idea. And uh, I had saw in the news that that a, Q, a QB had transferred in, and I must have I must have gotten my wires crossed on on one of the new high schoolers committing to UT versus uh, Casey Thompson transferring out of UT. I must have gotten my wires crossed on that. But I, when I as soon as I saw that, I thought, well, that makes sense. All the good quarterbacks are going to start. Flocking to UT now because that's where all the good linemen are going to be, and it's like, you know, the college is kind of also like an audition time for these quarterbacks. So not only this the the material success of right now, but it's also like the long term, if you know, kind of the Troy Aikman Emmitt Smith effect where they were great players and they're don't get me wrong, uh, but the reason you don't usually hear people say that like Trey, Troy Aikman is one of the greatest ever is because he was behind one of the greatest offensive linemen ever. It's going to definitely make you look better, uh, and I think I think it's I think it's going to soon be replicated by other universities because UT is not the only school with money. But I think they were the first ones to it. They gave it a unique name, the Pancake Factory. I, I think it's going to be good things because UT's got to change things around or they're going to get creamed in the SEC. So anyway, goodbye, Casey Thompson. We wish you best. And I do love the term transfer portal. And uh, I think the I think the Dr. Pepper, like, Fansville commercials are a little creepy and unsettling, but I do love that they have like the manifestation of a portal that the players hop into and they want to go to a different college. Thought that was pretty funny. Uh, college basketball update: UT Longhorns are number sixteen and sitting on an eight and two record. The University of Houston is even is doing even better at eleven and two, sitting at a uh, excuse me. They have an eleven and two record. And they're sitting at th- ranked thirteenth overall. And uh, Sam Houston State is unranked and is four and seven, so as is as is to be expected. Not quite what I would call a basketball school, but something I'm planning right now is the the show is probably going to end sometime in March, and so I think, well, what better way to end the whole ages for hell than on some March Madness? So we've got these teams we're going to track. I'm going to expand it out of just the ones that I normally follow. Every like Houston area team I could possibly think of an excuse to track them through the 68 teams as they go through the tournament. Probably all going to be eliminated in the first round, but we'll see. And so anyway, 
Before we talk about COVID and wrap this episode up, I just wanted to give a plug to my main show, No Redeeming Qualities. Uh, this week for Christmas, we are not doing an episode. We are actually doing our an episode of our YouTube show, which is called In Our Q&A. Normally, we do one episode a month, and it's just for the people on our patron, our, our, our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. if you're interested in checking that out. Uh, and for Christmas, we do a Christmas-themed episode of the YouTube show, and we put it on the main feed as kind of the episode for the week. So dropping tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow, uh, maybe the day after that, on this feed, well, shit, I can't say it like that, on this feed, if you're on the YouTube channel, uh, is going to be the December 2021 in our Q&A from me and Bob. Uh, we hope everybody enjoys it. And um, go out there and make sure you like and comment and all that other crap because it gets it out there. I'm not a natural YouTuber, as you could tell, because I, I don't, you know, click the bell if that thing's even there. And oh, if you notice, I'm framing myself properly this time. Last time after I, edit, after I was editing, I was looking at it, and I was like, man, you did not box yourself in that frame at all correctly. Like, like half my beard is gone, and like the top of my head is gone. I look like, what's that, the villain with the fucking big head, Modoc? I look like Modoc, like the whole screen was just my face. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to fix that. So anyway, what we're going to wrap on is COVID. I just from watching the news this morning. Just saw that the uh, National Hockey League is going to be suspending all operations starting tomorrow. I don't know how long that's going to last. I would assume through the holidays. And now they're even debating not putting the, uh, the their players in the Olympics. Ooh. Ah, I need to heat that tea up. Got cold on me. My tea's gotten cold. I'm wondering why. Anyway, uh, and I think I understand why hockey has to do that because hockey is unique in that it's one of the few leagues that's like half in America and half in Canada. And if you're talking about all these COVID tests crossing the border like that, it's just it's just too it's just probably easier to just shut it down. The NFL just this last week, the NFL has had 213 players test positive for COVID. The NBA is up there percentage-wise. It's it's There's probably not 213 players in the NBA at any given moment, but uh, the NBA is having similar problems. Uh, I don't think you're going to see the NFL cancel because they've got kind of the advantage of playing such few games that I think... I was actually, back in like the summer of 2020, I thought there was like no way that the NFL would make it work because the teams were so big. But I guess it's just having the the fact that they can isolate them all except for like the three hours once a week that they have to t- play the other team. Uh, it's been able to work. And I definitely don't think, unless they absolutely have to, I think unless they absolutely just look at it and they're like, these games are pointless. The NBA is not going to do anything to postpone or or delay their season because they need the revenue so badly. And this week especially, it's Christmas. Like Christmas is like... What the NFL thinks it does on Thanksgiving, the NBA does on on Christmas. Because the NFL is still stuck with these traditions of it has to be a Lions game, it has to be a Cowboys game. They always, you know, the Cowboys this year are pretty good, but like the Lions have consistently for decades sucked. And so that tradition is kind of lame. But on Christmas in the NBA, they pick the best games to play throughout the whole day. It's awesome. Um... And it's a relatively newish thing. I, I think it's something they've only done in the last like fifteen years, but they've just knocked it out of the park. Anyway, they're not they're not going to cancel unless they absolutely have to. And I mean, in the sense of like, if I want to go see a Rockets game, and well, right now it's not a good a good example because they're not. A, let's say you're like a Nets fan, and you're like, I want to go see the Nets, and it's like, well, who's playing? Literally every player that you've heard of is on the COVID list. 
so you're not going to go. I think that's the only time you're going to start seeing the the NBA pull back on this is if they're literally having like rosters full of G League guys just because that also challenges the legitimacy of the championship because you're like, oh, this was the season where one-third of it was played by G League guys because everybody else was sick. Other than that, though, don't see it happening. And I honestly think we're at a point where if these players are not uh, if these players are not symptomatic, then they just need to quit testing them. At this point, it needs to just be a focus on the non-vaccinated or non-boosted or whatever the phrase of the month is. Because look what's happening there. It's it's and it's been shown that this Omicron, which sounds like a like a Omnic Omicron, which or, sounds like a villain that would be created by Ultron. It, it's a terrible name for something. It's very ominous, but I think that's what they want. And I don't want to be one of those people that's like COVID is a media phenomenon, but we're kind of getting to the point where I'm a little suspicious because I'm like, wow, a lot of these companies are making a ton of money off these pandemic conditions. And now they want us to be scared of these virants, even though with Omicron, they're saying it's less, less deadly and less like makes you less symptomatic. It just spreads more, which makes sense. That's how viruses evolve. They want to spread more faster and kill you less because once you're dead you quit spreading it because you're just a corpse on the ground so anyway that's a big tangent i'm just frustrated because i'm seeing us go through the same crap we went through in march of 2020 the same crap we went through in the summer of 2020 the same crap we went through christmas of 2020 the same crap we went through you know this year and it's just it's like enough is enough and eventually you have to change what you're trying to do like are we trying to prevent deaths or are we trying to prevent the number of positive tests because the number of positive tests doesn't mean anything if it doesn't correlate an increase in the hospitalizations. Anyway, what I'm getting at is, is I think it's, it's time for them to stop testing these players if they're, if they're not vaccinated or I'm sorry, if they are vaccinated. And I think if they did that, you'd see this air quote spike go way, way down. But then again, now I'm starting to sound like the COVID, the COVID crazy deniers. And I guess maybe that's where I'm going. Or maybe I just really want to watch basketball and I'm tired of things going off the off TV. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I hope you guys have a good Christmas weekend. It's always weird Christmas on the weekend because it's like Christmas Eve is a Friday night. You know, like Christmas Day is a Saturday and like the day after is a Sunday. Just the whole weekend's like Christmas. And then the weekend after that, like the whole weekend's New Year's. But uh be safe. I will be back. The Birmingham Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Birmingham Bowl is the 28th. So either the night of the 28th or the 29th, I'll be back for the next episode. And uh, we'll talk, obviously, about anything that comes up. But it's going to be an episode specifically about the Birmingham Bowl featuring U of H and Auburn. Because Sam Houston's already been eliminated from the playoffs. And uh, UT didn't deserve to go to a bowl. So that'll be our sole bowl coverage for the H's for Hell be the Birmingham Bowl, uh, Auburn, U of H, December 28th, be there. Uh, speaking of December 28th, I've got an album coming out, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, over the years, we've made so much music for No Redeeming Qualities. Most of it's not actually me making the music. Um, it's just like other musicians that we've either paid or had on the show and stuff, that we are compiling it all into an album called Wasted Potential Central, and that will be dropping for free on December 28th at nrqpodcast.com slash WPC. nrqpodcast.com slash WPC. Wasted Potential Central. We call it that because these musicians that have made songs whenever we need something, they've all gone so overboard 
it made it just amazing. We always use the comparison. It's like when Phil Collins did the soundtrack for Tarzan. That was he put so much more effort into it than was needed for the movie. You know, it's one of the greatest soundtracks ever made. So you can go and get the album. You get all the 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 theme songs from our anti Shark Week stuff. All of our Spooktoberfest tracks. There's a song with Bob. There's a song with me. Uh, the out al- the album artwork. We got the Heck Nugget guy. The guy who does the artwork for Heck Nugget did the artwork for us, and he crushed it. So anyway, again, that is going to be for free. You can find it at nrqpodcast.com slash WPC. I hope you guys have a good Christmas. Or Well, Hanukkah's already over. Apparently Hanukkah was already over last week when I talked about Hanukkah. It had just ended like the night before. So, oops. But anyway, when's Ramadan? Ramadan's probably coming. Or Kwanzaa, how's that? Festivus, there we go. Festivus for the rest of us. Anyway, I'm babbling now. So have a good one, and I will see you guys next week. Make sure to watch the Birmingham Bowl because we're going to be talking a lot about it. Like what you heard? Check out more at nrqpodcast.com. Gamma Gator Productions.